Hello and welcome to Miss Checkpoints, a video game book club podcast. Um, our goal is to examine lesser known games, games we may have missed, indie games, flawed games, or hidden gems on current and last gen consoles. Uh, ideally, these games would be no longer than 20 hours, so we can easily break them up into two part podcasts that we'll release every month. And we'll be discussing the story, the characters, gameplay, and anything else. So um, we've got our first few games selected, but let me kick it to my co-hosts. We got Dante. Hello, hello. We got Greg. What's up? And then we got Trevor. Hey, what's going on? And I, I guess I really I forgot to include myself on Marcus. So uh, that's the that's the four of us that we're going to be the main crew that uh, are reviewing games. And um, I guess let's get this game started. Uh, what, what do we got up, uh, Darren? What game we got? This is your game, right? Yep. So the first game we're going to cover is Beyond Good and Evil. This was originally um, for the PlayStation Two. I think it also had an Xbox, and it might have even had a GameCube port. I chose this game because um, it's been brought up a lot recently with the announcement of Beyond Good and Evil 2 and also the um, hysteria that's been following that game for about a decade because everybody's like, oh, of course they're going to make a Beyond Good and Evil 2. And then it just kind of never happened until E3 this year. And Beyond Good and Evil 2 looks like a completely different game. Um, Thus, I wanted to revisit the original all right, and I and I actually looked it up. Yeah, so it, it did come out PS2, GameCube, and Xbox. It was released in 2003, so this is a 14 year old game. And uh, let's see, it said it was. Uh, I think his name is Michelle Incel, who the creator of Rayman. That's correct. Um, Rayman, um, Beyond Good and Evil. He does a lot of other stuff at UB, Ubisoft, and I can't remember if he's actually with the company still. I know he does side projects with them. I think they have a game coming out called Wild. I think that's something he's working on. But, uh, yeah, so, like, I looked it up, and so Beyond Good and Evil, this is a game I never played, so I wanted to find out some information on it, and apparently it initially was envisioned as a trilogy, which I had no idea, and uh, obviously that didn't happen, and then, like you said, this past E3, Beyond Good and Evil 2 was really uh, announced, and according to Wikipedia, that is a prequel to this game. So um, I'm, I, I didn't watch that uh, trailer, and I'm definitely going to watch the trailer after we finish uh, discussing this game. Um, but I guess everybody was playing on the they, in 2011. They came out with an HD remake, so everybody's playing on what Xbox 360 or PlayStation 3. Or did anybody bust out an old system to play it? Um. I still have the, I want to say I've got the PS2 version of it, but yeah, I just, it was easier for me just to play 360. I actually played it on Xbox One because it's backwards compatible. Yeah, I've been playing on 360. And what about you, Darren? 
also on the Xbox One through 360 backwards compatible. So it's the same version you're playing, essentially. And were you the only one that uh, has played the game previously? Because um, I, I, I hadn't played it. So I know Greg said that he played about an hour of it, and um, he didn't follow up on that quite um, all the way through the game. Greg might be able to elaborate a little bit better. Yeah, when I first played it, it was, I guess, whenever they had brought it back out. I, I bought it when it was on sale on uh, the HD re-release on PS3, and I made it to the factory. Um, so I kind of remember a, a good bit of it, but it was still kind of uh, good to kind of refresh myself on it, going back to it now. Yeah, and I guess speaking of factory, I guess we should point out that uh, – we, so we broke this game up into two parts. So this is – technically this first episode is the first part, and I think we started from the start – till the end of the factory. So that was a good four to three to three to five hour chunk, I guess, depending on how much stuff you did on the side too. So um, uh, I, I, I figured, I guess we can set the story. Um, there's basically three factions and the story takes place on a, a planet called Hillis. And right now Hillis is being attacked by an alien race known as the Domzi. And they basically abduct people, drain their life force, or like convert them to slaves. And then a military dictatorship called the Alpha Sections has come to power and promised to help defend the citizens. And they're basically in charge of defense and the media as well. So they run like news programs and TV shows, and they basically ensure assure everyone that they're doing their job. But like we see it from the point of the view of the citizens and they're like still suffering. Like they're still like nothing is getting better. And uh, so then a, a, a resistance movement called the Iris network is basically looking into the alpha sections to see if they are actually doing what they're saying they're doing or if they're working in conjunction with Domzi. So that is uh, the background story. And you basically play as a character. Her name is Jade. And she's kind of like a investigative uh, photo uh, journalist. Like she, she takes pictures. Basically, she's a photographer, and she gets hired by the Iris Network. And she is trying to find out if the Alpha Sections are actually doing what they're saying they're doing. And uh, they're basically trying to take down the Domsey by way of seeing if the Alpha Section is helping them or not. I think it's pretty interesting how semi-topical everything is to today's kind of environment. Yeah, I, I just... <laughs> you mean how she's a um, she's a photographer, but she still had to get a job on the side. I know that hustle. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what, what do you guys What do you guys think about Jade? Like, did this? Do you guys like her? Does she seem like a believable character? Or? Uh, I guess a little bit. I, I think the thing that's still kind of hard for me to get over now is just kind of how the writing is. Um, like it definitely feels like an old video game, right? Like as far as the way that the dialogue goes and kind of the voice acting and stuff. So the first, the very first note I took on this game was a parody of games because that's almost what it looks like coming out of the gate. Like. They set you up with this giant alien invasion. It's like Jade, this human-looking character, is right next to a talking pig and all of these other like practically game loft-esque 
looking characters right next to her. And you're fighting, and in the first fighting sequence, it breaks into slow-mo. And for a second, I had this existential crisis where I'm like, do I not remember this game being good anymore? It Was my memory a flaw? Why does this play like a parody? Oh, yeah, and I guess we should, like, point it out, too. So, like, the, the, the game takes place in the future. It's, like, 20... I think it says 2435. And, like, it's hillsides and there's like a european-esque kind of vibe to the towns like the, the the main town that you're in and then so like the main character jade is human and some of the other supporting characters are human but then there are a whole lot of animals as well so like your best friend is some pig named Paige, and he's like a mechanic and he or an inventor and he like tinkers and stuff and then like you're like running an orphanage, I think, or something like that. And you're like maybe goats, and and then like the this like like uh, Greg was saying too, like with the voices too, like the the Jamaican there's Jamaican accented mama girl, yeah, mama girl, yeah. <laughs> like that, I, that's my favorite song in the game. Like the one thing I will say about this game is I really like the music, and like when you went to the Mama Go place and that song was playing and I was like, yo, I, I can dig this. And, but like the voice acting, this feels like a super old video game, like super stereotypical. Like you're, you're, uh, El Segundo. Yeah. Like you're, what do you even call that? Like you're, it's like AI. your PDA or like digital Cortana esque, you know, Cortana before Cortana. Actually, I guess it's Cortana after Cortana, but still. Yeah, but it's it's a it's a Hispanic uh, accented guy, and he calls you Yade instead of Jade, oh, and <laughs> and I was like, what what is going on? And then like uh, Paige, he has like a like a like a drawl, like he's just super yeah. like it's not a southern drawl, but he's just like very country sounding, I guess. Well, I mean, he's got that mechanic thing going for him, so they kind of went for that, like, urban, like, I don't know. They went with a certain vibe with him. But, yeah, and, like, me personally, as far as Jade is concerned, like, I I think she's, like, a... I I think it's cool that we're, like, playing a game as a photographer, so that's kind of, like, a cool aspect. Like, uh, one of the side, like, hustles that you do in the game um, is you have to document the various species of animals on the the planet and you basically like a a side mission is like uh take six of these and you uh, get some type of uh rewarders six pictures of different animals and you're basically logging it and i've been doing that like i've been doing all the side content in this game Um, that part reminded me of pokemon snap (laughs) (laughs) i think that's something that like a lot of people because i remember when the game came out and i remember that was like a lot of comparisons that I got. I mean, there's not a lot of games that you take pictures in, so that that obviously is a through line between those two games. Um, but it's almost as, guaranteed as, if that game gets if this game gets brought up, the photography is like the one thing everybody remembers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's super memorable about the game, and I, and I like I, I do like that aspect of the game. But uh, I, I, as far as Jade is, I, the thing I don't like, and I, I think it partly has to do with just when the game came out, but like. She just shows so little emotion yeah. when things happen, and I like I, I think that part has to do with you know like facial uh, animation and things were just like 
they weren't even considered back then, you know, like they can only do so much. But like even just with the voice acting, a lot of the lines are delivered and they're just super flat. I think that is kind of a par for the course for games back then, right? Like uh, the thing I think that I thought was kind of cool was um, as a female lead, I guess it was kind of cool that she wasn't like very stereotypical, I guess, even though she doesn't show a whole lot of personality. It's just not like, you know, like big boob chick or whatever, you know? Yeah, like, like I agree with that, but you know, the it was just the contrast of seeing her next to like all these other humanoid characters, and like some of the races have like different themes. I don't mean to call them races, but that's what they are. But like you know, Mom will go all the all the rhinos are like Jamaican or whatever. But then you go back to you know everybody has like a, a certain personality, but then Jade is just like regular person. Yeah, yeah. Really she kind of has this blank slate to her, and yeah. I'm interested to see where that goes because I remember her having a little bit more personality, and I'm wondering if it's going to be a little bit further into the game where we see a little bit of that. But yeah, she's she is kind of bland, but I don't think it's like bland in a bad way. I think it's kind of like she's the avatar for you, and um, that might sound kind of weird coming from a guy playing as a female avatar, but I felt like she was kind of like my representation in the world in a sense. Yeah. Like you were just saying like your note, your very first note, the very first note I wrote was Jade is hardcore and shows a little emotion. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, like I, I mean, I I think I could wear, I'm in, we're four hours, I'm four hours into the game. And I think, she gets a little bit of emotion when Paige gets abducted, like later on in the game. Like there is some a sense of urgency and some type of emotion in her in her voice, and yes. like you know she wants to get her dude back. <laughs> yeah, especially when she got the M disc. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, and like speaking of this, like th- this makes it feel super dated too. Is like the save system in this game? You use actual CDs. And you put them in a jukebox. <laughs> like, I thought that was kind of cool, but it's like it's twenty four thirty five, and we're still using CDs to save, and I, I, that's kind of weird to me. But like, I, I think it's like just video game. It's just the video game aspect of this game, you know. I mean, is that any more dated than like the nacho taco healing item? I don't even know what you call uh, that. I'm saying that, but then in Grand Theft Auto, you use a floppy disk, right? <laughs> the what is it, the Sarcos? That's it, Starcos. Yeah, the little healing gauge thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, I like when I first saw those and they were sitting on the shelf, like in the orphan. I didn't even know I was supposed to pick those up. That and then like like there's a lot of like random items in this game, uh, like the uh, the nitro and the wrench for your. You have a like a. A sea vehicle, like you have like a, uh, what is it, a hovercraft, or what do you, what do you call yeah. that? Yeah, I guess hovercraft, yeah. Yeah, you have a hovercraft that you use to get around in the open world. It's like open world, but like it's very, very linear. So like you can like explore around, but there's really not a lot to explore. And so you're basically on like a big body of water, and you use that to go from place to place, uh, basically go from one section of the planet to another section of the planet. And um, there are, like, um, 
wrenches that you use to repair it, and then there are boost gauges, like nitrous gauges to use to go faster. But, like, I never seem to, I need to use them. Yeah, I've never used a boost before. I accidentally I got- used them, like, twice. <laughs> Has anybody done the races? Because there's like uh there some of the side content in the game, like I said earlier, there was um uh photo like you document the animal, the, the different species on the planet. There are also like I think four races, as well as like they call these things like the looter caves. So like you you go into a nondescript cave, this other ship sees you and you automatically get a hundred credits deducted from your bank account, and you basically have to chase him through like a, a a track and there are different uh, gates. Uh, there are like five to six gates along the track and you have to get to the gate in a certain amount of time. Otherwise you get locked out and he takes your money. If you get all the way to the end, then you just fight his ship with your minigun and then you just blow him up and get your money back. Yeah, those races are super free. Yeah, they were pretty easy. I, yeah, I, like at the Mamago, you can upgrade your you can upgrade your ship, and I've only upgraded it once. But I've done like two of the races and two looter caves, and I haven't had any issues with it yet. So I, the completionist in me wants to do all the side content, um, but it's not really like the most inspiring or like you know it's like I'm just doing this because I like to do this in games, but not necessarily because it's fun. That's that's another thing I miss about the game is like the mom ago, like the upgrades and everything are kind of like your thresholds to getting to the next part in the game. So like you kind of have to follow the upgrades. Yeah, like you have to get the um, I think for where we stopped, you have to get like a jump pad or something, which is yeah. like 15 yeah, right. of the orbs. And I guess eventually we need to get to the main game part of it. But um. Yeah, you're collecting orbs through the side missions and main missions, which let you get power-ups at Mamago's or upgrades for your ship, which gives you accessibility to other parts of the map. Yeah, so, like, the game is open world because you can kind of go to any section, but you need to have, like, this upgrade to get there or, um, like you said, you need to have gotten this... Is it even abilities, I guess? there. I guess, like, the rocket boots are an ability... Like one of the, I, I kind of bringing it back, but one of the cool things I like about the game is that you get to, it's you and your partner and um, your partner Paige. You guys, when you go into combat, it's the both of you fighting, um, and the entire time you're only controlling Jade. Uh, Paige is AI controlled, and he's not really like doing much. But you get to choose. He has like some ability. That he can use in his case, he has some rocket boots, uh, rocket boots that he would uh, stomp, and then it would basically juggle the opponents that you're fighting. And um, I, I do like the combat, even though it's very, very, very easy. I like like that you're. It's not like an escort. Your 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 teammate can actually help out, you know. But they can die too. I don't know what you're talking about. And there's like friendly fire, right? There is friendly fire. I can confirm that. Oh, can you kill your teammate? I thought they just got knocked back. I didn't think they, they lost. You them. can damage them. They have a Starco's meter as well. So okay. I thought they only got damaged by enemies. I, I he's told me like he's yelled at me like, "Come on, Jade, quit playing around." Yeah. When I when I accidentally hit him, but I didn't realize he was taking damage from that. But 
Yeah. I mean, like, they're the, the you don't fight boss or like not boss, but you don't fight enemies that often for that to be an issue. Um, in my in my experience that I've had so far, um, you can pretty much just mash on the attack button and basically take out all the enemies before they even become a problem. I will say I felt like I was cheating every time I used my teammate's ability because there's like no recharge or anything. You can just keep on spamming it. And um, page in specific, it knocks them up and puts them in like a stun state exactly. where you can slow-mo hit the enemy into another enemy. So that's really um, useful. I spam the mess out of it. I'm not even going to lie. When I first started playing it, I, I felt like I was cheating, so I, I didn't want to use it every time. But then I was just like, well, if you're going to let me have it, then keep on pressing Y. Yeah, like it's like, like I said, like there's a, there's like a fine line because like you don't want your teammate to be completely useless. Like I, when I think of games like that, like I think of like Resident Evil where it's like, you literally have dead weight on your team when, like, in Resident Evil 4, you know? Like, you're literally just escorting this character. She can't do anything, and you have to protect her at all times. And he at least can fight for himself, and he has an ability to help you out. So it's at least better than that, but the combat is just kind of boring and bland. It's To me, the combat is the least fun aspect of this entire game. It's pretty boring. Yeah, for the most part, it's kind of trivial. Um, I can definitely agree with that. And, like, I was kind of um, – there, there are, like, a couple, I guess, at this point, so up to the fact where we've – what, there's, like, three bosses or mini bosses? I don't know how – I don't know how you, they classify them as, but, like, you fought, like, two, um, like, caterpillar-esque, like, flying worm-looking creatures – do you and want then, to kind of like go through the story beats a little bit just so we can sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. get to so, so yeah you go, go ahead. ahead you got it well, I was just gonna say that you start off at the lighthouse you have the um first you know onset of the alien invasion you fight this giant eyeball thing which is weird essentially that sets up the premise of the game you get outside um you fall unconscious you kind of meet all of your um orphans and page in the lighthouse you have a little bit of like a mini quest to turn on the defense turrets is it yeah yeah you do that and um essentially you need to get funds to get off of the island and i guess fund the orphanage for the most part and that leads you to mama goes which we've already talked about a little bit then you go to your first actual i guess quote-unquote dungeon so this game was also often compared to Zelda back in the day. And um, your first big area is called Black Isle. And it's kind of like this mining factory facility. And that's where you have Paige with you. Um, Mark, you just want to talk about that a little bit? Um, I'm trying to... I got it confused with the um, factory. I don't actually remember the Black Isle. I remember... Um, Leading up to it, like, right as soon as you leave Mama Goes, because Mama Goes is basically, like, the, uh, said earlier, the upgrade for your uh, your hover ship. So immediately after leaving that, I think you get a gun. And right after that, you fight some type of, like, flying worm creature. And oh, yeah. um, it, he's part of the Dom Z. You, you fight that. And then um, it's, uh, is it, the iris, the the iris network guy, the uh, Mister Des, 
the castle that yeah he he's the one that sends you to Black Isle and he basically wants you to get uh is it two pictures or something like that a it's picture a with picture of, oh yeah go ahead is a picture of the two creatures together yeah there's a male and a female creature that um, you're supposed to take a picture of they're supposed to be together so you basically go through this dungeon and you're fighting um, all types of like weird uh, cavernous creatures. And um, you end up seeing the creature, and it ends up being like a big, another flying worm, basically. You take a picture, and you think it's two different creatures, but it turns out to be like the eyeballs of the creature. And then he gets mad and starts attacking you. And, uh, yeah. It, it, and that was just a test. Huh. Um, so what do you guys think of the dungeon design itself, like the actual... I guess, core gameplay loop. Like for Black Owl or like so Just Like the dungeon exploring the Zelda-esque aspect of it all. I thought the level design in the factory was reduced, like the um, the conveyor belts and and you have to duck underneath the, the beams, the lasers. You know, that kind of stuff was cool. Uh, Black Owl was okay. Like you learn about Paige's ability yeah, that's really when you find out that Paige is like a mechanic type character, and then because he has those rocket boots, and um, I don't know, like Black Isle for me wasn't as memorable. Uh, I I remember a lot more. I, like I got impressed with the game when it came to the factory. Black Isle, it just seemed like a good introduction to like, okay, this is what this game is gonna be like. You know, this is a quote unquote dungeon, and you're gonna have to utilize your teammate in order to do these things. And uh, there are going to be some enemies that are unique to this place. And it's going to culminate with a boss battle. Um, but I, I, I was way more impressed with factory because it seemed like there was a lot more things to do in factory. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the intent, at least this is me projecting was for that first area to be kind of a tutorial, be like, Hey, you've probably heard that this is kind of similar to Zelda, but um, we're going to throw a couple, you know, wrenches into that. So you're going to have this teammate with you at all times. He's going to be um, available at combat. And here are the different ways you can use him throughout the dungeon. And it's very one note as far as um, Paige. It's like, okay, well, let's have him use his rocket boots to boost me up to this ledge. Or let's have him use his wrench to open this thing and you won't really have to do stuff simultaneously with them. So it's very basic at first. And like you said, I think they build on that in a really interesting way by the time you get to the factory. But I do like the level design of um, Black Isle where you're in this like cavernous area. Everything's got that like purple hue to it. There's a lot of diamonds and stuff. You break the diamonds, you get the um, currency. Um a lot jellyfish of different monsters. enemies. <laughs> yeah, the jellyfish monsters. And there's just like a lot of variation, but none of it seemed out of place. I think that's really cool. I, I don't know if, I guess nobody really kind of touched on this, but I, I still kind of felt like, I don't know how you guys felt about it, but do you guys think that the art style, even though it's a pretty old game, but I feel like the art style of the game holds up really well, even in HD? Oh, definitely. That That's one thing I will say going for it, is I think this game, um, I think the art style still looks good. Like, there's nothing, like, it's too, like, graphical that it's like, oh, this looks really 
jagged or, you know, super, uh, I don't know, like, I think a lot of older 3D adventure games, like, just the way they are designed, they look very hard on the eyes because things have been smoothed out a lot in the past couple of generations of games. But I think this game still looks good. And I think part of the reason is because they didn't go for, like, super realistic characters and art style like they had talking animals you know and everything is like Darren said kind of like a video game kind of parody so I I think that the characters kind of fit this world I do think the voice acting is terrible but I think everything else still holds up pretty well I gotta what, say, what, um, no. I'm sorry. The, the camera doesn't hold up well. I oh yeah, I, 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 please. I was about to say somebody, please say something about it because I, I that was one of the things that just irked me so much, especially in uh in Black Isle because there's a few few areas where you're just trying to like navigate and fight, and then the camera is just like, nah, buddy. That that was me in the factory. The factory, like. Go, go ahead, Darren. We'll talk about the factor here in a little bit. I was just going to make sure that everybody reversed the controls. I almost sent out a text to make sure that you reverse, like, the X and Y axis because that alleviates, like, 90% of that, at least for me. Oh, that wasn't even the problem for me. It was basically like, you know, when you have your back to the wall, yep. like the camera will... Yeah, I just think that's kind of endemic of, like, a lot of the games back then. But, yeah, it's still super annoying now. Yeah, I've had the, the problem when you're going towards the screen, like, especially in the airship, like, you're going towards the screen and your controls just somehow flip, and um, for me, uh, are, are we done Are we done with the Black Isle? Can we, can we talk about the factory? Just to chime in about the graphics for a second, I was going to say I agree with everything you said, aside from every human character that isn't Jade, I really dislike how the humans look in this game. Uh, I don't have a problem with um, what's his name the the taxi guy Han. I don't have a problem with Han, the bald guy. You know who okay. I'm talking about the the guy yeah, yeah, yeah. on Iris Network. Yeah. Um, he I, I think he looks all right. I think I think Double H looks like a goofball. And um, the only other human person I can think of off the top of my head is the sneaker or peeker or. The, the guy that gives you access to um, uh, the Iris Network uh, meeting yeah, place. Right. I mean, and they're just like kind of El Segundo as well. Oh yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I think all the animals though they look fine. Like all the all the other characters look fine. I, I will say that the humans they look kind of goofy, but I really I think only Double H and the uh, Peeker guy look goofy. I think uh, Han and Jade look fine. Yeah, that was just a minor gripe I thought about. <laughs> um, well, yeah, so, like, after after you do the um, Black Isle, I believe you have to go back to... Um, what happens after that? You have to go back to the main city, and uh, you basically get... Um, oh, you find out. Yeah, so this is, this is what happens. Mr. DeCastellac is some mysterious figure in, like, this hovering limousine. And his driver is speaking through Mr. DeCastellat. And he's like, hey, uh, my client wants you to do this thing. You do it. You come back. And then you find out there was no client. This guy is actually um, a representative of the Iris Network. (laughs) Yeah, basically, you got catfished. And um, he basically is like, "Uh, meet us at our headquarters. Um, If you can 
get access to it when whenever you're you're ready. Meet us at our headquarters. So you have to go around and figure out how to get in. You eventually get in. He sends you on a mission to uh, basically they sent one of their best agent, this guy named Double H. He's also a uh, investigative journalist type character, and uh, they sent him to the factory to figure out what's going on. Um, and uh, they haven't heard from him in a couple of days. So you need to take a picture of figure out what's going on with him and then take some pictures for them that his his initial mission. And then so you are off, you and Paige are off to the factory and uh, eventually uh, you find Double H and he's some like goofball. His, he's not all the way there in the head and he's in like Knight's armor for some reason. And uh, I think he was going undercover, I think is what it was. And uh, you find him, and then Paige gets kidnapped. So then you're trying to find Paige. And that's basically what happens in the factory. And I think the factory is, like, the make-or-break part in this game. (laughs) Because uh, if you can get – it's like a good halfway point. And this dungeon, if that's what you want to call it, is the most, like, it's way, way more varied than Black Isle. So there are um, sneaking parts, um, are stealth parts where you have to sneak around. There are um, puzzles that involve, like, pushing blocks. There are um, sneaking behind blocks while, like, guards are doing their patrol uh, paths. And... Um, there's like a mini, like a, a halfway boss, I guess you could say, like a mini boss, and then there's a final, like a final boss for the dungeon. Um, what, what do you guys feel about Factory? That this, I really like the Factory minus the sneaking, the stealth elements. I was also gonna say that um, you get a new item about halfway through, that's essentially like a boomerang of sorts, like a, well, it's not a boomerang since it doesn't come back to you. The projectile, yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. And it's used for a lot of puzzles. And like Marcus said, it's where the game starts to show you kind of its full hand of things like, oh, we can make you do stealth stuff or we can make you solve a puzzle or you might have combat over here. I think this, I think the factory was able to utilize the three dimensionality um, of the, like the level design and everything. I think with the rest of the game, it could have been a, just a regular platformer, you wouldn't have noticed a difference. But I think the factory, you know, you're you're moving in, in multiple dimensions. So I think that's why I like the factory a lot more. Yeah, and in retrospect, it's very interesting how, like, if you just think about the layout of the factory and how everything is relevant to the story up until that point, like um, the one dude whose name's escaping me, they've been, abduct- they've been abducting like a ton of citizens and you see that in the factory and you see all these weird experiments and double H is in like this cryostasis thing when you find them. And um, it's all relevant to what you've been doing up to that point. And since you brought up the, the new weapon that you get, that was actually one thing. Like I like the weapon. I liked using it. I don't like how it was implemented. Like you have to go into your camera in order to use it that was kind of weird yeah that's understandable it is kind of awkward to um pull that up and especially if you hit the wrong button and potentially take a screenshot when you meant to like shoot something that's a problem 
Yeah, I filled up my albums by accidentally taking pictures like that. You could fill up an album? Yeah, it'll tell you you can't take any more pictures. Oh, dang, because it was like, I always got the thing personal picture. You might want to delete this, but I didn't know what that meant. (laughs) I didn't realize you could fill it up. Okay, cool. Um, Yeah, like this this section, um, it added that stealth mechanic. There, There was like a... Before Paige gets abducted, you have to get an elevator working. So you basically have to, like, go around the, the, the factory and find, like, some power fuses. And um, uh, you fight these robot enemies, get the power fuse, get the elevator working. And then um, after you find Triple A, or Triple A, Double H, after you find Double H, I think Paige gets uh, abducted. And um, then you kind of get to use Double H instead of Page, which I thought was also kind of cool because uh, he also has a unique ability. He has like the uh, the charging ability because he's wearing this heavy body armor that um, he can kind of just charge through and open up new areas. And it, I thought that was kind of cool. So it made me hopeful that it was like, hey man, like if what if we go to this next dungeon, you get a different character. So I, I did like that aspect of it, how your teammates uh, could potentially have different abilities. I thought that was kind of cool. And, um, but like for me, the, the, like, the, like I said, the one thing I don't like about the factory was the stealth mode. And that was like a large portion of the second half after Paige gets abducted, you kind of have to sneak around in the factory. Cause there are a lot of, um, uh, what are they called? Alpha sections guards there. And, um, they basically, as soon as they see you, they sick some, you know, they alert everybody and they sick missiles on you and they're basically trying to take you out. And um, I got, I, I think I died at the sneak, the stealth uh, sequence like four or five times. Uh, like either not being able to sneak because I couldn't control the camera that well to look around the corner or like um, some of the hiding places that you had to hide at, there'd be rats down there and the rats would attack you. And so kick those rats. Well, yeah, I, I didn't realize the first time. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm not going to mess with them. And then they attacked me and I'm like, I only had a pixel or, you know, like one life left. And so they hit me and then I died. I'm like, oh, for real? Like, <laughs> yeah. So I got killed by rats twice. Um, and as well as like the uh, alpha section guards. Um, but yeah, like the main part, the main issue I didn't have uh, with, the issue I, I had with the factory was the sneaking around with the camera. That was when it became super apparent to me that, dang, I'm playing an older game because, like, I don't necessarily have the full control of the camera that I'm used to in current games. And that, that was kind of a turnoff for, and, um, for me because I, I ended up breaking up my playthrough and I, and I played to the factory and then I came back and I was, I was lost because I didn't know what I had left off at doing. And I end up spending way more time at the factory backtracking and trying to figure out. And then I end up finding out that I forgot to take, like, um, your mission in this is to take two pictures as well as save Double H. And I, I got all the way to the last section of the factory before I realized that, oh, I didn't take my first picture. So it wouldn't let me go any further. So I had to backtrack. And there's a lot of, like, loading screens between, like, the different rooms and, uh Oh, luckily the factory was kind of an open enough layout that I could easily get there, but I didn't necessarily, I don't really like backtracking if I don't have to. And that was completely my own fault, 
but then like I had to deal with all that stealth section way more than I I wanted to. Out of curiosity, did that um, issue happen to anybody else? Because I also got to the part where um, Cat Lady was like, hey, I'll give you the code, but you need to have both of these pictures first. So I had to do that exact same backtrack. Neither neither you guys had that issue? Uh, nah. Uh, I was I was looking at the map the whole time trying to photos. Yeah. Dang, because I, I, I felt like the game didn't do a good enough job of, like, telling you that the first picture that you needed to take that picture. So I, I, I completely forgot about taking that picture. And then I got to the second part. And I was like, Oh, I know I need to take a picture here. Where do I need to take the other picture? And then it's like, Oh, you missed it. You know? And it's like, Joe, I was, I was playing the game like Pokemon snap. I was just looking for stuff to take pictures of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm glad you, you didn't have that issue. And like I said, it, it, it was maybe like a, a, another 15, 20 minutes of gameplay, but it was mostly like having to deal with that stealth section, which I just did that, did not like at all. So yeah, the second I- picture totally messed me up. Cause I was like, I had gotten all the way to the one spot. And then you said backtracking was relatively simple, but I had some issues doing that. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I, I looked at the map and I was able to kind of tell like, Oh, I've been in this room. I've been in this room. Like, so I knew where to go. Um, did you? There are um, a couple of uh, items that you can buy in the city to kind of help you uh, find some of the collectible things. They have like a, a orb locator and an animal locator, so I was able to kind of use those. And uh, in addition to being able, to, like doing all that side stuff, I was able to find some story stuff. Did anybody find any story stuff in the game uh, about Paige's uh, back, Jade's backstory with Paige? No, I didn't find any. I found a little bit of what you're talking about, like the, um, in specific, the M disc that he was planning to give to Paige, or um, give to Jade, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what you find out in the factory, if you do a little bit, I'm pretty sure this is, like, not, is it, is it, like, mandatory? Okay, yeah. So, is it, you, if you were just straight lining, you can miss it, but if you, if you don't, and you find out, like, you know, what, like I said, when Paige gets abducted, uh, Jade becomes very emotional. Like, that's the one time she shows emotion. And at that point, too, she's by herself. And so, like, you, you play the game without a teammate, essentially. And uh, you basically find out that uh, 20 years ago or something like that, um, Paige's or uh, Jade's parents, when she was a baby, put her in the custody of Paige, uh, I guess they were um, worried about her safety and then they kind of just dipped out. So she was raised by Paige. So that's kind of why they have the relationship they have. Um, and that's why she showed the emotion she had. And um, so, yeah, like basically he's essentially her, her, her father, you know, that's how she's a father, father figure for him, for her. I don't know if- I don't know if you remember um, when I sent y'all that message about finishing the game. It was at that point when I saw that um, that scene, I was like, yeah, I got to find out what happened. Like, I want to know a little bit more of Jade's backstory. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then though, in the, I think in that same note, from her parents, I, I believe it says something about the Beluga ship will be their saving grace. And so, like, 
I, I, it made me think like, oh, is this like a, um, some ship? Like I, I was thinking like, a, was that a, like a Moby Dick type of reference? But um, I was wondering if anybody knew, like it, it, I'm guessing the Beluga is some type of spaceship that they will eventually have to build or, no, I think they said that, I think Paige said that he has the ship, but he hasn't been working on it, but he needs to work on it to reunite her with her parents, uh, uh, in theory, like if they're still alive. Yeah, you find out more about the ship in the second half, because I've actually gotten to that part, but um, I won't spoil it for you. But yeah, I remember him saying on the MDIS, he still has some work to do on the ship in order to get yeah, I think that was some pretty um, heavy foreshadowing for what's to come pretty soon. And um, back on the subject of Paige being kind of like a father figure, he's like your main point of reference, your main contrast to Jade the entire time. So like Jade's kind of getting quote unquote woke right now about all this like media propaganda and all this stuff. And she's like, aren't you excited? Don't you want to be part of this? And he he seems like he's trying to protect Jade for most of the game where he's like, Oh, well just be careful. And, you know, don't get, you know, too worked up and don't get too involved in this before we know exactly what we're going into. And yeah, like, so like afterwards, like um, after you fight the boss, which is some like Jade gets some vision when she gets to the, the final area where she's supposed to be finding Paige and they find out that, Oh, your page is in another castle. Basically, he got <laughs> taken to a different set, uh, different place, different location. She gets some vision, which I'm not, I'm not too clear on. And then she fights this boss, and uh, it's the same. Is it the same eyeball like creature that she that you see in the very beginning of the game? That's a good question. I never even considered that because the eye is in like this cage this time and. I'm not sure if they're trying to like ship it out or something. Am I misremembering yeah. something, or did she have like a vision or something at the beginning of the game? Yeah, that's what that's what I was wondering. If it was the same exact vision, she has some vision when she enters that room and she sees Paige basically leaving, and then that thing directly talks to her. It seems like, um, and then she has to fight it. Her and uh, Double H, he he shows up and he helps her take down this this boss. It's, it's like this eyeball uh, creature. Yeah, and you actually do black out almost immediately after fighting the first eyeball. But uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe they're related. Maybe they're not. Um, I guess maybe we'll find out later. But um, but didn't uh, the eyeball turn turn into like a pearl? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's yeah. just a game mechanic. That's just a game thing. Uh, I blew <laughs> it's up. It's like Bowser exploding into a star. You know. <laughs> But um, it's gonna be like a like Inuyasha where there are these shards and they they're the things that power all the the enemies. I don't know, but um, <laughs> you, you take it down and then you have like like four minutes to escape the factory before it blows up or whatever, and it literally takes like twenty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so like, what is this? <laughs> Do any of y'all forget to get that? Um, that pearl that was down at the bottom that fell after the. <laughs> I was gonna ask everybody that because I got the the, the um I got on the airship and then like the dude wouldn't get the airship or the the hovercraft so I jump out because he at this point he's having his like episode going on so he's very very like groggy still 
And so he's stumbling around trying to like catch up to you. So I hop in the, in the ship and I'm waiting. I wait like 15 seconds and like the dude is there, but he's not hopping in. So I jump out, jump back in. And then I start trying to drive off. And then the camera messes up on me and it takes me to a different, not where I'm at, like uh, aiming the ship with my control, like my, you know, uh, controller. And I end up going into the room and I find the cute, the, the pearl. I'm like, oh, cool. I forgot all about this. <laughs> you didn't hear him when he, like, because he says stuff to you, like, oh, look, there's a pearl down there. And, like, right before you leave, he's like, oh, you might want to grab that pearl. Nah, I, I, like, I literally, like, I tried to go straight, but it took me the opposite direction. And it's just another, can- like I said, man, the camera for the factory, like, the for driving the hovercraft and the sneaking around was not a friend of me, so. Well, yeah, I was going to say that the um, <laughs> that pearl happens, like, probably on average, like, an hour before, like, the creature that you kill to get that pearl into the water, <laughs> that's, like, the midway boss of that place. Yeah. But they do hint that, um, like, on your way out, hey, there's a pearl. Remember that thing you fought a long time ago, essentially? Uh, well, has anybody got anything else for the factory? Uh, um, give sounds me like no. I there was one thing about – no, actually, no, it's not about the factory. I take I actually, it back. I actually ran into a um, a glitch. I think I was talking to Marcus at the time uh, when it happened. But um, it's that part where you're basically shimmying around a um, a ledge, and there's that guy with his helmet off. He's right above you. He's like in the little command. Yeah, room. yeah, the – yeah, the one you have to take a picture of. If you don't round that corner just right, you end up falling off, and you fall into, like, this black area, like, underneath the game level, and you don't die or anything. <laughs> Did you have to, like, reload load your yeah, set? Your I set? had to reload three times. <laughs> the only thing I ran into is after you killed the uh, the boss, that, that eyeball boss, I, I tried to look over that. No, the, actually, when you first walk into the room, there's like a little pit in the in the beginning in the opening of the room in the center, and I walked to the edge of it because I thought maybe you could like drop down or whatever. And then like for some reason the camera was angled just right that I could see inside of Jade's head. So all I saw was her, all I saw was her eyeballs and her teeth <laughs> that took up my entire screen. <laughs> okay, um, I do I do have one thing about the factory I was that, that I just remembered. Um, so I'm not proud to admit this, but it made me use a guide. I was going to ask if you had to use guides. I did, but it was like for an embarrassing part at the beginning. So. <laughs> what you guys use a guide for? <laughs> well, okay, like, all right, so with me, I, I guess I just wasn't paying attention, but um, at the very beginning of the game, like, you had to take pictures to get enough money to get the shield down. I didn't figure that out. Like, I just was running around for at least a good 10 minutes, like, huh. Uh, something probably missing something here. What so you use the mine. Guy for? <laughs> oh, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was trying to see what you use the guy for. So mine was at the very, very end of the factory. I'm talking about literally after you beat the boss, and it's like I look at my objective, and it's like escape on the aircraft. So I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Escape on the aircraft. I I jump in, and um. I think dude wouldn't jump in with me. 
And I go and I go and I keep looking at the map and it's like the objective dot is right there and I don't get what's going on. But apparently there's like a generator room that you have to, um, I forget what you do in the generator room, to be honest, but you do that to trigger the countdown sequence and the dot wasn't there. Oh yeah. I know what you're talking about. You got to go across and get the, you have to power it with the fuse. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just walked over there for some reason, and dude was like, oh, we need power. And I'm like, oh, we got to get the generator. Okay, cool. And I had to backtrack because I had you, – you get two gener- or two fuses, and I just put them in the two slots that, <laughs> that you could put them in, and then I thought nothing of it. And then one was the power of the elevator, and the other one was just like whatever, and then come to find out, oh, you needed it for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, does anybody got anything else for the factory? I, I used a guy too. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, um, but it wasn't on anything serious. Like after you find out about, uh, after you get the M disc from Paige and you watch it, I needed a break after that. It was too emotional. Um, I, picked, <laughs> <laughs> I, I picked up the game the next day, and I could not remember where I was. Like I didn't know you had to. Um, open up that little vent like that's right next to, um, like where the laser beams are. Yeah, 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 yeah. The one where you have to throw the disc and um, open the doors, kind of like remotely. Yeah, but you have. I backtracked through half of the level, thinking I missed something. Yeah, well, it was like right after you get that M disc from Page, but you have to kick in the vent in order to get around the um, in, in order to get around that initial barrier the only thing i mean i didn't i didn't bust out a guide or anything the only thing i had issue with was like i said uh in the factory i think i stopped about after you fight that that mini boss that mid boss um i didn't know what to do and um i didn't know you were supposed to shoot the uh the wire i was trying to figure out how to get around you had to shoot that wire with your little projectile thing to power something yeah and I yeah I remember complaining to you guys I was like I'm stuck I've been lost for like you know running around for 20 minutes trying to figure out what I had to do and I just started shooting things and that and I got it to work so I, I would have busted out a guy but I, I was able to figure it out before I had to do that um, but yeah so basically we're we're, we're left off um, you're out of the factory Paige is still missing you take. Uh, Double H to the Iris Network to get his head uh, checked out, and uh, as you're leaving the head out, the headquarters, Double H confronts you and basically is like, "Yo, I'm coming with you," and that's basically the end of this playthrough, right? That's that's what we got up to. Yep. Yep. On to the slaughterhouse. Yeah. I've already All right. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I haven't. I stopped at the, the spot, so I guess. Uh, what what does everybody refer to or the um for the remainder of this game? Like, what what do you want to happen? More of Jade's backstory. Yeah, I'm in the same boat on that, and kind of seeing where this uh where this whole I guess conspiracy kind of goes. Yeah, I can attest to that, and um also kind of getting more insight into yeah the conspiracy. Essentially, that's the whole hook of the game. I'm interested to see more of Paige's background, actually, because I'd like to know what 
like how he knew Jade's parents and like why did they entrust him with her well-being, you know? Like uh, I, I'm interested to know their relationship. And so I'm hoping that Paige is still alive. <laughs> I hope he doesn't get killed at the slaughterhouse. Um, and then uh, I also, I, I mean, uh, I want to, I want to know um, about her parents as well. Like, are they still alive or did they die? You know, why were they on the run? Why did they have to leave Jade with Paige? Yeah, so one thing I would like to discuss next time is um, what your guys' thoughts on Beyond Good and Evil 2's trailer is um, after you finish the game. Because I think I'm the only person in this group that's finished the game, so I vaguely remember what happens. But, um, yeah, getting your impressions on the Beyond Good and Evil 2 trailer I think is an essential for next time for sure. Are we talking about uh, the trailer that came out of E3 or like the teaser that came out I forgot how many years ago of like probably both now that I think about it because those are two vastly different things yeah the first teaser? teaser was like a sequel or at least it seemed like it the um thing at E3 is a completely different beast and you're gonna be like wait a second this is beyond good and evil <laughs> so that's I guess that's all we got for this first episode do we need to discuss anything else the kuda uh, bar music dude mama yago or mama go yeah mama go. <laughs> oh and speaking of the kuda bar what was the name of that game uh pallets the one where the the ball you had to push it through to the other side yeah man i hate that game but- Oh, dude, I, I I did that. Like, I got that achievement, man. I was like, this game is fun. Like, I spent like twenty minutes playing that. No, I couldn't. Wait, even... what are we talking about? It's a little mini game, like in the Akuda bar, like with the uh, I think it's the hippo playing. And he's like, Yo, I've never lost at this. And if you can beat me, then you can get an orb. And it's like, it's a weird game. Think of it like uh, it's like air hockey, but instead of um, one puck, there's like four pucks on each side. And then the middle of the um, the, the dividing line, there's like a uh, a hole that you have to get through. And basically, the object of the game is to knock all four. You don't want to have any pucks on your side, so it's a race for you to get all the pucks of yours on to their side, and they are trying to get all their pucks on your side. So it 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 was fun to me. I was like, man, this would be fun to play in real life. I hate that game. I'm going to have to check that out. <laughs> yeah, if you do it, like, you can uh, get a free uh, orb. You know, like we said, the orbs are what you upgrade your ship at at uh, Mama Go. So there, there is gameplay reasons to play it as well. Um, but I guess, do you got anything else, Trevor, Greg, or any guys? Nah. Um, from what I remember, part two is a doozy, so just brace yourself. Good or bad? All right. I think it gets a lot more interesting from what I remember, which is very, very vague. I think, it was, say. I think it was Marcus that um, you said you didn't like the driving in the, the hovercraft. Yeah, I did not. All I'm going to say is strap in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I guess with that, uh, I guess we will – 
Uh, that that's the the end of our part one discussion of Beyond Good and Evil. Um, we will, I guess, be putting the second one up in two weeks. Um, we gotta, you know, give us some time to finish it out, and we'll have the second one up for you guys. And um, I think we can go ahead and release our our order. Um, what what is our next game that we got going? It's a uh, your Greg, right? Greg, your game, right, Greg? I couldn't remember if it was my game or actually no actually I, I got I got it here now it's uh Trevor Trevor's game yeah life is strange right life is yeah strange. next month we'll be doing life is strange and then the following month will be Greg you have two games right yeah uh, Metal Gear Rising and I think we we said Vanquish was cool right yeah yeah. Um, and then uh, my game will be Bionic Commando, the uh, Xbox 360, or the Bionic Commando 2009, I think is what people call it. Not to be confused with the original, but um, um, ideally, um, since we have our first few months of games up, um, you guys can play along with us. Um, and if you have any questions or want to answer, you want us to answer and comments about the games we're playing, then you can hit up the Miss Checkpoints Facebook page. Um, we'll have that up and running. I created that today, so we should have that up and running along with this podcast, this first episode. I think we're going to try to get that website or that Facebook page up and going. Um, but if not, then you can hit up our individual. Does everybody here have a Twitter? I know we all have Facebook pages. <laughs> yeah, I got Twitter. All right, well, plug yourself, plug yourself. Not everybody at once. Uh, oh, well, you can follow me at, uh, at Boombox Hero on Twitter. And I'm starting to stream right now. I've mostly just been streaming fighting game stuff, but uh, try and start streaming a little bit of other stuff. So you can follow me at uh, XDRDMagnegroX. All right, this is Dante. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter. Um, my name for both of those is Awakened Cloud, so... You can either see me not tweet anything, or you can watch me play games and not give a lot of commentary. Yeah. And this is Trevor. Um, I've got to get back on my social media again. I haven't used my Twitter in years. I don't even remember the handle, but I will let y'all know next time. (laughs) The missing tweet point. uh, You can find me. I'm a potato salad. That's... uh, I gotta spell it out because it's kind of hard. It's a P zero T A T zero underscore five A L A D. Um, so basically, all the O's are zeros and the S is a five, and uh, that that's my Twitter handle. And you can just take out the underscore, and that is my Facebook page. And I mostly talk about Marvel vs. Capcom on uh, Twitter. And uh, on Facebook, I mostly talk about food and Waffle House on both. So, uh, yeah, just um, hit us up. Like I said, hit up the Miss uh, Miss Checkpoints uh, Facebook page. We should have that up and running here in the next week or two. And um, like I said, uh, we got um, Life is Strange, Metal Gear Solid Rising, or Metal Gear Rising, Vanquish, and Bonnet Commando from 2009. So, Play those games, or if you're just familiar with those games, um, hit us up. You know, ask us questions, what we thought about a certain part, a certain character, um, you know, how do we like, like, compare it to a different game, just anything, you know, and then uh, we'll, we'll 
we'll be glad to ask or answer the questions and uh, even potentially have some of you guys on the show if we come up, we end up playing one of your favorite games. So uh, just just be, feel free to hit us up and let us know. And uh, any, anybody got anything else? I was going to suggest maybe we make a Twitter just for um, our brand essentially and get some questions from the audience and then we can potentially answer them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that will <laughs> that will come. I, I started with the Facebook because I figured that would be the most overlap that we would we could immediately invite our friends to the you know the group and they can listen to this podcast and then we'll try to grow it out from there. I tried to you know I, I posted this initially as an idea on Facebook to see if people were interested and I got enough responses. I was like, hey, this is this could be a thing. So. You know, we'll, 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 we're going to continue to grow, but you know, we got to start, got to start somewhere. So do the Facebook thing, branch up to Twitter, and then we'll go from there. Um, well, if you guys don't have anything else, then I guess that's it. Um, I guess this is Marcus, uh, Dante, Trevor, and Greg and signing off. So, uh, see you guys next time.